Hey everybody, today's episode of the Under the Cloud podcast is number 24, and I'm really excited because I get to bring in a friend that I've had for basically my entire life. He and I have known each other since kindergarten, so uh, he, he has an amazing story, and he has something I believe can really impact and help you in, in your walk with God, and I hope that it does and it has a great impact uh, in your in your walk, I, I hope that you come out of this learning more about who Jesus is and what He is for you and uh, and what He has for you. So uh, I'm excited about it. So uh, before we get started, I want to say that there was a I, I hit a wrong button on my mixer, and so the recording sounds pretty off. Um, I, there's nothing I can do about it, and I just have to deal with it. But I just hate that that's the way it is. I like to try to put out a great product. Uh, for you guys to listen to, so one that's not too hard on your ears. Um, we've been working on the levels because it's been quiet, so we're trying to get them back up without blowing it out. Well, today I blew it out, so I had to do a lot of work uh, on so that it was worth listening to. But I believe that the content is good enough that God's in that enough that it, you might not recognize and notice those uh, audio issues. So uh, for those of you who pay attention to that kind of stuff, I do apologize. Uh, I hope this blesses you. I hope this helps you to grow in the kingdom. And I'm so excited again. Oh, man, I'm just excited. Okay, so without any further ado, enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Under the Cloud podcast. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness on our heart and our mind and our spirit. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. Lord, I I, I thank you for this opportunity to get together with a, an old friend and talk about you and talk about the impact that you've had in our life. Lord, I pray that this conversation is of you. Everything that we say is of you and of scripture so that it can impact the kingdom in the future. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today, Amen. so today, uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous a little bit because of the conversation we're having. But tonight, today, I'm really uh, excited about um, having an old friend, like I'm talking like 1984 old friend uh, in Preston Shirley. How you doing, Preston? Oh, 1984. That's that's just like 10 years ago. Isn't it? <laughs> I keep seeing these things that says 30 years ago is actually in the early 90s, not in the in the 80s, 70s, and stuff. So it's messing with uh, me. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I, I want to introduce Preston. Like I said, he's an old friend. He's he and I started. I don't I don't remember if we were in the same kindergarten class and met in first grade or or how all that worked out, but. Um, mm -hmm. I remember him in first grade. I do remember you in first grade for sure. Miss Hall's class. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. um, 
uh, us growing up and, and playing, we played, I think, baseball together one year. I know in high school we played soccer together. Mm-hmm. We lifted weights together in high school. And, and so we were always close. And then we worked at Bilo together, uh, bagging groceries and, and registers and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so you were always a part of my life growing up. Always. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a good thing for you or not, but it was always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we yeah, had, definitely. We had fun. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I was, oh yeah. And one thing, uh, I wanted to kind of bring up was kind of neat was when we were seniors in high school, uh, Preston and I were sort of like, you know, uh, we might've been a little mean about it and I, or I was for sure, probably, but he was a little more peaceful about it. But we'd go around and we'd have Bible studies in school and we might be preaching and stuff and talking to people and me and him and a guy mm-hmm. named Jeremiah White. Uh, yeah, and the we'd three li- preachers. Yeah, we'd, uh, we would uh, lift weights and and, uh, and and in school and then get, and go up to the place and courtyard and talk about Jesus. And, and, you know, back then I was a little more of a Bible thumper. I probably shouldn't have been as mean, but... Uh, but man, that was a good time. That was in senior year. That would have been 96, 97. So that was a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I remember working with you and, 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 uh, I got, man, I got the honor. I got the honor of being asked to be a best man for Preston. Yeah. And, and I know that I was second fiddle and I'm cool with that because his brother Levi is, is his brother and that's fine. But Levi was deployed in the military. And so then, so I got, and he wasn't going to be back or didn't think he'd be back. So I got asked to do it and man, I, it was just an honor to, to be asked, but by Preston and so him and his wife can get married and, and uh, start their life. And it was just really cool. So that's how close Preston and I are. So, and I appreciate him. Actually, one time you called me from England. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he long distance calling me. <laughs> yeah, that is. So today. Yeah, uh, I remember. Oh. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I was on. One time I called you. I was on home from leave uh, from England. And um, you answered the phone and I said, Hello, uh, Seaman Lunsford, and you said, whoa there, that's uh, Seaman Third Class Petty Officer, no, Petty Officer Third Class Lunsford. There you go. And I was like, oh, man, Petty Officer. Oh, yeah. I finished as a second class, too, so E5, so. uh, Yeah, well, when you caught one, I called you, it was third class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one time in high school, uh, we were trying to, uh, I went Navy, Jeremiah went Army, and we were trying to talk you into going in the military and, uh, or an Air Force or something. And you said, I'm already in the Army. And I'm like, what? And he yeah. said, I'm in the Lord's Army. <laughs> and then you wound up doing Air Force and Army time, which is even crazier. So, yeah, like, so yeah, did, I know. You did both. That's, that's nuts. So, yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I just, I'm, the reason I got Preston to come on today was because, um, Something happened uh, in his life, uh, impacted everybody, and and so I just asked him to, you know, today we're going to talk about forgiveness, so um, I just wanted Preston to go ahead and uh, just tell his story, tell what's going on. All right. Yeah, so um, I can't remember exactly what year, but um, my mom had had always been a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she, uh, you know, 
but then, you know, interspersed here and there, she would take a job and, uh, work for a while and, uh, help bring in a little bit more money in the family. And, uh, so it was, um, me and Levi were both in high school and she had taken a job and, um, she started getting a little bit more attention from, uh, the guys that she was working with and she ended up, uh, leaving, uh, leaving us, uh, for a guy and they ran off to Pigeon Forge and, uh, got married a little bit later. And, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty rough on, on me and Levi and dad. But, um, you know, we, we, um, banded together and, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, we, uh, the telephone number that we had at the time was under mom's name. And so, um, when she left, we had to get a new telephone number and get it in dad's name. And the telephone number we got was seven nine nine seven. And dad said, well, that's kind of perfect because seven is the number of completion, uh, the number of wholeness in the Bible. And nine is the number of the Holy spirit and prayer. And he said, with prayer and the Holy Spirit in the midst of us, God's going to keep us together. And uh, I, that just always resonated strong with me, uh, that even in tough times, if we remember to pray and uh, keep the Holy Spirit uh, in the middle, we're going to be kept whole. So. But anyhow, then, um, so year, a couple of years passed by and, uh, let's see, 1997, December of 97, um, I was, uh, doing my normal thing. I went to the gym, uh, had a hour, two hour workout and got done with my workout and I went to the, the sauna like I always did. I, step in the sauna to relax after the workout and kind of let the knots and everything relax out. And I set the timer for 15 minutes and, uh, I sat down in the sauna and I was, um, I just sat down and it felt like the Lord said, talk to me. And I was like, what? I was like, what about? He's like, just talk to me. Uh, you know, and so I sat there and talked with the Lord for 15 minutes. And I remember, um, just, uh, just being at ease and, uh, you know, just sitting there talking with a friend and the, uh, the 15 minute, uh, buzzer went off and the sauna shut off and Levi, my brother opened the door and said, come on, Preston, we got to go. And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, come on, Preston, we got to go. And I was like, okay, well, I need to get a shower and get dressed. He's like, no, just get dressed. We got to go. So I was like, okay, well, so I uh, got dressed and walked out of the gym and there's dad standing at the front door of the gym. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And that's when they told me that, um, um, our mom, 
and her new husband had been killed by his son. And uh, so um, I was like, at that moment, I realized what it was uh, in that quiet moment. Uh, God was preparing my heart for a really, um, really trying time that he knew that I was going to need to, to draw near to him so that I could stand, uh, what was coming. And to this day, I know that that being close to him is the only reason I was able to make it through. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, um, you know, it was, uh, it was very, uh, you know, I could really see, um, you know, the writing was clear. So, uh, and then, you know, we, uh, we got in the, um, I can't remember, I can't even remember whose truck we got in, but, um, we left there and I believe we went straight to, um, my mom's mom's house, Mama, who lived in uh Clark chapel area near Franklin, North Carolina. Right. And there was a bunch of us, um, had gathered there in Mama's house to tell her. And, you know, as soon as she saw all of us coming in the house, she knew what it was and she broke down and uh, just started bawling. But, um, you know, it was, um, I think it was good too, though, to have, uh, all of us family there and not to have found out through a phone call. So I think, you know, having family, uh, definitely helps, uh, you know, in a situation like that. So without getting into a lot of details of it, so basically, um, if I remember, so correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a lot of issues that that guy had with his dad and your mom Mm -hmm. was just collateral damage in the, in the, it wasn't that she was the target. It's just that they, he, she was there and, and what happened continued to her. And so, yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's another story of, um, you know, the Lord working in, um, what would seem like really weird circumstances. So this guy that she had married had a really, lo- a really rough life, uh, led a rough life himself. And, uh, he, um, uh, it was not a very good dad to his uh, son, uh, Roger Dale. And, uh, so when mom came on the scene, um, Roger, the, uh, the guy that she married had a young, uh, daughter named Erica. And, um, she, uh, okay. The, some of the other family told me that my mom was the first one to put matching clothes on the little girl. And, uh, she was the first, uh, real love that this little girl had ever known. And so while, um, while we went through a tough time in losing our mom, 
not really losing her, but you know, she left. She went into this other family and showed uh, God's love there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another thing that kind of gives me peace about it is, uh, this little girl was, uh, was shown love for the first time in her life. And also, um, at the same time, whenever mom, uh, was with him, uh, she actually had him start going to church for the first time in his life. And so they started going to church. I believe it was at Battle Branch. Or, um, it's out on 76, uh, 76 uh, East. But anyhow, yeah, no, it's Harvest Chapel. Yeah, Battle Branch is War Woman, so yeah. Yeah. Carver's Chapel. So they were going there and he was starting to get uh, conviction that he was supposed to go into the ministry. And, um, he, um, you know, here he'd lived this rough life, um, had killed his best friend, shot his wife, uh, been to prison, uh, just a horrible dad to his kids. And, he found um, forgiveness in Christ as well and had uh, turned his life around to the point where he was wanting to go into the ministry. That's crazy. I, and, I, uh, I forgot about that part. It's yeah. Been, it's been a so, long time. <laughs> yeah, it has. So, the, the, so he, oh, so anyhow, so, and I believe um, that's part of what made, um, the the son so mad was that he was no longer the dad that he remembered. And although it was better, it was just not the same dad. And so, and they had also been in uh, custody battle for the little girl and mom and Roger had won custody. And that's what really triggered everything to happen. So I, you said December of 97, I was in, mm-hmm. uh, I graduated from boot camp in December, early December 97. I came home on leave. I may have been home when all that went down. I just didn't know about it until, mm-hmm. um, I went back to Chicago and I called my mom and, you know, just like you do in your military, but of course back for cell phones yep. and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, she told me that Kathy had, had died and the way that mm-hmm. it happened. And so this isn't like, you know, um, you were a friend of mine at school, but we knew each other's mm-hmm. parents too. And it was, uh, and I remember your mom. I can see her face when I, mm-hmm. I can see your face. And it's been, you know, how long? Uh, it's so that, you know, even even through that, it was kind of a, a very weird place in my mind thinking what in the world this is just this isn't this is a lie this isn't real you know like this isn't mm-hmm. happening and so by the time uh, honestly for me when I found out about it I was in my rebellion from from God I was running you know doing my party stuff and and uh, starting to drink mm-hmm. and smoke and all that kind of stuff and party and the Navy doing being the good sailor you know and oh, yeah. I, I had a uh, uh, opportunity 
uh, well, I never had the opportunity to really call you and talk to you. And because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, it was before cell phones. And it wasn't until later on I found that you're in the military, you're, you're you know, you're going about your life doing your thing. And, um, and so years later, um, I started preaching in, in 07, 08, 07. Yeah, 07. And uh, and I started okay. preaching. And and I was living in, in North Carolina, uh, right, basically right where we grew up. And and I had an opportunity to call you or talk to you in person. I don't remember ran into you. And you said, I, and, and, and I basically asked, and I felt comfortable asking, but I was like nervous to ask, mm-hmm. just kind of like I'm nervous to have this conversation <laughs> right now, because uh, it's a big deal. You know, this isn't just a story. This is family. This is, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and so we're real life. Yeah. And, and not just real life, but real life to you, you know, so like mm-hmm. I, I remember asking you about it and you kind of just laid it all out and you just tell basically what you just said in, in this last few minutes and you told a story and even even the part about him going to church starting to feel the call to preach and all these different things and then then i ask about the guy the the your stepbrother of sorts you know whatever you want to call him mm-hmm. but like and, yep. and I don't even know his situation. I assume he's probably still in prison. Um, I don't know. I don't know any of that. Uh, but you, yeah, you said, I assume so. yeah, you said something that day that, that rocked me back to probably like, and, and I, and I knew what you were saying, but it just rocked. It rocked me. And, and I still think about it all the time, which is why I wanted you on this episode for this. And that was when you said, when I, I you, cause you were kind of like, you weren't like sulking about it. You weren't crying about it. You were just telling the story. And then you talked about him like he was somebody else. Like he was just like another guy, you know, no big deal. And there was no animosity in your voice. There was no anger in your voice. And like, you're telling the story mm-hmm about what happened to your mom 15 years later and there's no, or 10, 15 years later, and there was no anger in your voice. And that's odd, you know, like most people would, you know, and, and then you said, well, I, yeah, you just kind of like, just nonchalantly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgave him a long time ago. And I'm like, really? And you <laughs> said, yeah, I forgave him. I have absolute forgiveness. I don't have no animosity toward that guy at all. And I thought, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause people will say the Bible says to forgive. But, mm-hmm. but when something happens to them, it's hard to do that. So can you walk me through the process that, that you had to make in your walk with God to mm-hmm. put yourself in a position where you could forgive the guy who took your mother from you? Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I guess I, I don't know if I just have a, a different um, personality or, yes, you uh, do, or mindset or whatever. <laughs> but um for me it was like you know what can i do uh to this other person to anyone you know no matter what they've done to me uh and especially okay so i think it kind of also helps that i didn't know this person uh this wasn't somebody that i knew so you never met him um I never met him. I, uh, you know, I don't even think I've ever even seen the guy. So, um, it, it, 
it kind of gives a, a a bit of a personal distance so that uh you know right but my thing is um you know um um any any retribution or punishment from God is going to be way more substantial than anything I can do. And so, um, um, and thing is, and the other side of that is, um, if, um, you know, every one of us are sinners, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just uh, a sinner saved by grace. So, um, you know, if he needs, uh, if he were to, uh, to come to save a knowledge, uh, with Christ, um, then that's between him and, uh, him and the Lord. And, you know, but if not, if he continues his rebellious life and ends up going, uh, going to hell, uh, you know, because he didn't accept the free gift of God, then that's another thing that's between him and God. So, I think for me, it was more of a let go and let God and, uh, he's going to, uh, handle the situation way better than I ever could. So, um, um, yeah. And the, the other thing that I've always heard about forgiveness that is so true is that forgiveness is for the person, uh, you know, Forgiveness is more for your heart than that, than them, you know, um, you know, uh, anger and resentment and, uh, unforgiving spirit tears down the person themselves from the inside out. Me or my hating him isn't going to do a thing to him. Uh, he's going to be completely unscathed. And, uh, you know, actually some people with, uh, with a really bitter heart, um, they, they might actually, uh, delight in the fact that you hate them. And so, um, you know, my, you know, I guess I kind of come at it from, you know, um, uh, hating one's own heart is going to damage that heart itself. So why even go there? Right. So they say so, that the saying is that, um, unforgiveness is a poison you drink hoping they die. Cause it, yeah. you know, the, the Bible, the Bible says to forgive. And so I got the scripture here at the end of, uh, mm-hmm. Matthew sixteen fourteen or six fourteen. excuse me, Matthew six fourteen. uh, for if you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. And and so, like, I think it's I th- it kind of goes with the whole grace message that I've been really hammering on lately. It I, I received grace from God. I received forgiveness from Him. Who am I to mm-hmm. not give to Him to other people what Jesus gave to me? 
And mm-hmm. and so that that's the church answer. But it's applying that mm-hmm. to your life and in your situation or anybody's situation where something mm-hmm. egregious has happened in their life and you want to apply that into that world. And I know that this is is man, you sometimes you when you hear the stories of people doing what you've done it unfortunately is the exception and not the rule. You don't hear about people always like going to a courtroom and saying to the judge to, to be lenient on the man that murdered my children, which you hear those stories every now and then. And mm-hmm. your and your flesh says, why are you doing that? But your spirit knows, mm-hmm. hey, that's why, because God said to do that. And, and they're doing it. And it's mm-hmm. kind of odd. Unfortunately, it's odd to hear that. In the world today, or mm-hmm. in the church, even not only just the world, but the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you catch and, any backlash? Well, you know, um, no, not really. I think um, I, I think we're all pretty much on the same, uh, you know, same level. Uh, um, my dad, uh, he, uh, I, I think he really struggled with it for a while, but. Uh, of course, uh, my dad and my mom are the ones who, uh, who uh, help, you know, they, they, uh, how do I put this? I had a drug problem when I was in, uh, <laughs> a little, real little, yeah. you know, mom and dad drug me to church on Sundays and they drug me to church on Wednesdays yeah. and, uh, you know, <laughs> so I'm really thankful for that. Right. Oh yeah. You know? And, you know, I remember from the very earliest dad, uh, teaching me and Levi from the Bible and, um, you know, they are, they were my earliest, uh, preachers, you know, in my life was my mom and my dad. And, uh, so, um, yeah. One of the questions I wrote down for you is, do you find yourself having to re-forgive him? Are there situations where um, it pops back up and you're like, oh, I got to do this again. Like, I, sorry, I, I I let that get back in my life. I shouldn't have. No, not really, because um, I think once, once I just, you know, gave it to God and, you know, I, and I'm not perfect, but, you know, in, in this one sense, uh, one instance, it feels like it's complete. Uh, you know, I, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think um, you know a lot of people have a hard time talking about uh, hard circumstances in their lives, but um, um, I think on the other hand, if if people can get to the point where they can talk about it, the more they talk about it, it seems like if you can talk about it and tell the story of what happened each time you do, uh, you're able to distance the memory because I'll never be able to forget it, forget it, but separating the emotion from the memory, um, has a, uh, has a therapeutic effect. And I think, you know, with, with both of us being veterans, um, and I think that's one thing that 
I, I wish that more veterans could have that outlet to um, to process through uh, through talking with others. And sometimes a lot of veterans can't do can't speak unless they're talking to another veteran. Yeah. And but I I find that uh, well, like my dad, he went through Vietnam, and I know he went through way uh, way worse things than I ever did um, in my time. But he's always been able to talk about his time in the military, and I think that's one of the reasons that he was able to to process and uh, you know not have as much. Um, bad reaction or whatever, uh, from his time in the military. Yeah. So, and I think that, you know, having somebody to speak to, and, um, being able to talk it out really helps, um, emotionally and, uh, psychologically. Yeah. And not, and especially when, when like it's, it's something that's close to something that's, that's so like important, you know, like it's good to have that conversation mm-hmm. with people. And, the, and it goes into the Corinthians where it says that, you know, that nothing's happened to you. That's not common to man. You're not the only one that's mm-hmm. gone through whatever you're going through. And, and that's a lie that the devil will tell you that you're all by yourself and nobody's, nobody will understand, but you know, you, mm-hmm. that's not true. You know, like there's other people who know what it's like. The devil ain't got that many tricks yeah. and he's not messed that mm-hmm. many people up. So like, it, it was kind of interesting to hear it, and even back, even back then, hearing about it, and and you know, I know you, and I know that your your heart's for God, and I, I know that that it's that it's a that your desire is to please the Lord in everything that you do, and so that just kind of fit, you know, like well, of course, that Preston mm-hmm. can do that, you know, like, but that's a. Uh, that uh, getting to the level of forgiving somebody who's done something so atrocious to you is something that is mm-hmm. not common, but you know, mm-hmm. you, you talk through it, right. And you read the scriptures and you mm-hmm. know, those are your, those are your easy things to do. What are some, what are some ways that you, or what would you say to somebody who's going through a situation, uh, no matter what it is, where they've been done wrong by somebody, and how, how, how would you, if you got, you know, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, but if you had the opportunity to tell everybody, you know, what, what was your things that you had to do in, in, you know, you kind of already hit it, but what were those things you needed to really accomplish in yourself to, to make that forgiveness possible? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost is, uh, draw nigh unto God. Um, uh, you know, we are, uh, even the strongest of us uh, are completely weak uh, if we're not with God. Uh, um, Enoch's father uh, walked with God for 300 years and was not for God took him. And I think if we are uh, drawing, drawing nigh to God and walking with him, I don't think there's really anything um, that would that could really knock us off our feet um, for a long time, anyhow. If we're 
daily in fellowship, uh, you know, cause, you know, the, uh, the devil is a, a roaring lion seeking, him, uh, 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 roaming about seeking whom he can devour. And, you know, even the biggest, uh, bison or whatever, if they're separated from, uh, the herd and from strength, they can be taken down. So I think we're the strongest when we're with God and with God's people. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that's number one and foremost is, uh, staying in constant fellowship with each other. So, with e- you talking about it with each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Okay. Well, with each other and with God. Um, and I think that, you know, for me that, uh, that moment when I stepped into the sauna and, uh, uh, you know, God said, uh, draw an eye and talk to me, just commune with me. And I think that's, I would have to say that's number one, uh, reason I was able to process was because I had drawn, drawn an eye to God. And, uh, uh Which means you know, that- that's, that's my, Timeline would have been, timeline would have had all of this going down before you started working out. So yeah, you have no idea. It was that early is, that morning. You have no idea what's going on, and God knows, hey, mm-hmm. you're about to get this news, and I need you to be prepared for mm-hmm. it. And and it, and it's fitting though, because if you just look throughout Scripture, Jesus goes off and prays, and then the trial comes, and he's able to handle it. You know, like Gethsemane mm-hmm. and, and such. But it, it's important for. It's, it's it's important for you sometimes to to do those things even when you don't feel like doing them, so that you know like mm-hmm. to and and they they use the expression fake it until you make it and I don't like that I like mm-hmm. I like the word yeah. faith it like do it by faith faith it until you make it and so mm-hmm. I'm gonna make this yeah. my prep or my this is my my stance this is what I'm doing. And then eventually yeah. God's going to help me through this, but I'm going to stay this. And so sometimes mm-hmm. you're saying stuff that you know you're supposed to do, but it ain't ain't mm-hmm. it ain't necessarily what you want to do. So you're making that that mo- motion in your mind. Uh, I got here in Philippians two, uh, verse three uh, it says, "Do nothing from selfish selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each one regard." one another is more important than himself. Verse four, do not merely mm-hmm. look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. I think that sometimes mm-hmm. we can become selfish in saying, oh, yeah. it's about me and my loss. It's about me and my wrongdoing that's been done at me. And and I'll tell you, I'm, I've mm-hmm. been right there, obviously not with what the same thing you went through, but it's still it's still there where you find yourself an opportunity to not do what you're supposed to do and so you have to say hey mm-hmm. I'm going to be like Jesus I'm going to say father forgive mm-hmm. them they know not what they do I'm going to say this and if I got to say it a million times I'm going to keep saying it and I'm going to be like Jesus I'm going to be like Jesus and eventually my brain's mm-hmm. going to say hey this is not that big of a deal and and, yeah. that's, and that's again that doesn't fit the status quo or the normal mindset of today Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one thing that uh, kind of came to my mind just now is, you know, I've always heard, uh, well, this uh, DJ up in uh, Nashville, 
uh, on a Christian radio station, he always had a saying that uh, he called it the pit maneuver. Uh, and it stands for praise him in the storm. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it seems backwards, but a lot of times the storm reminds us to uh, praise him because we're going through this hard time. And sometimes, uh, you know, we're, we're drawn to our knees or thrown to our knees so that we can remember to look up. But sometimes even in the good times, you know, we need to remember to be thankful for the circumstances that we're in. And so, uh, you know, pray without ceasing in all seasons. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, well, it, you know, it, just, it fits the and, Romans, the Romans model where, you know, God causes all things to work together for the greater good of those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean that he made that happen, but when it happens, when anything happens, God's going to use it for mm-hmm. your good. And as hard as that mm-hmm. is to say that, that's that's something we yeah. have to work toward. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what I was talking about with, you know, my mom had left and it wasn't a good thing that she had left uh, her marriage or you know, uh, her two kids, but God turned that situation around and, um, he showed his light through her to, um, this other family. Right. And, you know, if, if that hadn't happened, would they, you know, I'm sure God would have, uh, done his work through somebody else, but you know, he chose to work through my mom. Right. Even in a situation that she was in. So. So if you ever have an opportunity where you find yourself in town and this guy walks up to you and you don't know who it is and you find out it's that guy, what what we, what do you hope you can say when you see him, if you ever do see him? Well, number one and foremost, I would hope that he has found Christ. And, you know, uh, I would hope that I could you know, um, uh, and you know, I would hope that, I don't know. It's, (laughs) that's a different way of looking at it. I've never thought about that, but you know, um, or even if you get a letter, uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. um, you know, if I were to get a letter from him, I'd, uh, you know, same thing. Uh, every one of us, uh, are in need of, uh, of forgiveness, and uh, I would really hope that he uh, accepts the free uh, free gift of salvation. Yeah. Well, hey, that's it. Fits Preston. There's no doubt about that. That's that's the normal model. So that's that's the guy I know. Uh, so I had a couple things in my mind in my life that or I should say in my life that's happened over the last few years and it's been like just mm-hmm. just compounding and compounding and compounding and um, a couple years ago uh, for I, th- I don't remember if it was December November our church our pastor did a series of like we did like six or seven Wednesday nights in a row where we watched these sermons a series of sermons by this man by the name of John Brevere and John Revere, it was was going through a book that he had written like twenty years ago called "The Bait of Satan," and the Bait of Satan book in that series 
really helped me uh, get over things like, you know what? It's, it's a forgiveness book. It's about getting not getting caught in that trap. And I would suggest that book to anybody. It's called The Bait of Satan by John Brevere. And it is a fantastic book to help you. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, what does the Bible say? But you get these examples of what he's talking about in Scripture and what he's saying. You see the examples of how people were able to forgive, and it helps you to forgive because you can say, hey, well, they can do it. I can do it. You know, like, um, and and so you think about all the stuff that goes on in your life and all that stuff that compounds. You know, we're only here for a few minutes, you know, on this earth, and, and we don't, we, we can't be doing his job and being about his business properly if we're caught up in stuff like that. How as hard as that is to say that that's that's true. Um, but, you know, again, this it's it is the model of, of who you are. You've always been that guy. You've always been that uh, that person. So it's it's great to see that when God gets a hold of who you naturally are anyway and then throws his uh, formula into it, it. it you get to see these moments of people being able to forgive even something like this, you know, but that, that's again, that's who you are. So, <laughs> and now you got two baby girls. It's way too old to be having babies and you're yeah. still having them. <laughs> and, yeah, and 40, thought, 44 years old and I got an infant. Yeah. That's uh, you can have that stuff. Like that's, but I, I, I listen, I, I think about your mom, when I hear that, I, I didn't even know that Melissa was pregnant. And Christina said, mm-hmm. uh, Melissa had her baby. I said, Melissa who? Melissa Shirley. I'm like, wait, they're, I didn't know they were like, Preston's too old for that. And then it wasn't long after that, I was sitting there thinking, man, like his mom's not there. It's just kind of rough, you know, like, and then, mm-hmm. um, and then I was thinking about like, you called me out of the blue and I was already thinking about it. And you called me out of the blue a couple of months or weeks ago or so, and, and I just kind of mentioned you coming on and talking about it. And I hope that what you're saying encourages people. I hope what you're saying gives mm-hmm. people some some ability to stand on your word and say, "Well, hey, mm-hmm. Preston did it. I need to do it too." So, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm well, and and I also have to stress, you know, majorly that it's not Preston Shirley who's doing this. This is you know, the God of the universe working through me. That's right. Uh, and, you know, I, I am completely weak on my own. And, uh, you know, I, there's no Preston did this. This is God did this through Preston and for Preston. I believe it's not just through me, but for me as well. That's deep right there. Uh, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I've, um, one of my favorite sayings, I don't remember, I wish I could remember where I, uh, uh, saw this, but, uh, you know, I went through a, a period there where I was reading a lot of star Wars and it's kind of funny. I get a lot of, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how I can get insights from a secular right. thing like star Wars. But I remember one point. Uh, Yoda says, uh, when far from the force you find yourself, trust you can. It was not the force that moved. And, you know, that, that translates perfectly for us. You know, when you find yourself far from God, you can trust it was not God that moved. And so, uh, you know, when you find yourself alone, 
scared in the world, uh, it's the easiest thing to, uh, you know, to to holler out Abba Father and he'll be there, you know, as soon as you holler out because uh, he, he won't force himself to be with you, uh, but he... He longs to hear us holler, holler out, Abba Father, and he's there in a heartbeat. Man, that's good stuff right there. I think that's a great ending point. I think that's fantastic. I don't think you can end that any better. Oh. <laughs> hey, I, I was over here fist yep. pumping, man. I was all excited. It was like getting ready to shout a little bit. So, hey, Preston, would you, would you pray us out and pray for everybody that uh, just just pray, <laughs> if you would. Okay. Uh, dear gracious Heavenly Father, we uh, we come to you today with uh, humble spirits and uh, and thankful spirits for for everything that you do for us and everything that you uh, provide in our lives. And uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, for wonderful friends like Jonathan. Uh, you know, we we've been uh, geographically separated for a long time, but. Our hearts are still close to each other, and um, just thank you for, um, you know, people that like this that we can um, come together in uh, communion and um, sharing, uh, you know, our struggles together and, you know, the the highs and lows of life. And uh, uh, I pray that you would uh, be with Jonathan as he... uh, continues to spread the word uh, through uh, his uh, his ministry and through this podcast. I pray that, Lord, that you would uh, give this podcast wings to go out to, uh, to whoever it is that needs to hear this. And um, I pray that you would um, fill it with your, the, the breath of the Holy Spirit and pray that it would not be uh, my words or Jonathan's words that, but that it would be, uh, your words spoken through our voice, uh, to whoever needs to hear this. And I just pray that you would, um, um, be with me as I, uh, can go down, start down this road, of uh, raising these two girls. I pray that you would help me to be the father that I need to be to, uh, to prepare them to go out into a world uh, that's so wicked. But um, I pray that you would help me to enable my children to uh, to spread the, the word and the light uh, in this dark world. And I pray that you would be with Jonathan as well uh, with his children. Uh, they're a little bit further along than mine, but they need uh, guidance. Uh, as well, and just pray that you would uh, be with both of us. Pray that you'd uh, uh, just uh, watch over us and protect us and guide us and uh, all things. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, Preston. Love you too, brother. <laughs>